Welcome again to the Divine House. The Divine Comedy, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, welcome, listeners, back to our very serious, serious, profound, one might say, analysis yeah. of Dante's Divine Comedy here with the Divine House. One of us has just taken the drug of sociality. That's who that is. And the other is a hermit. Yeah. I went to a bonfire this weekend, socially distanced with masks, and it was titillating. And I am titillating. still One might say. Um, one might say. So last time there was a lot of farting. So much farting. So much oh. farting. Or bugling, one might say. Bugling. Okay, and the devil's told us or told Dante and Virgil where to go because there were some like infrastructure issues. So we'll see how that pans out this week. We really will. I feel like there's something you kept saying there was something that you didn't want to give away. Oh yeah. We'll find out. Okay. 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 I have seen troops of horsemen breaking camp, opening the attack or passing in review. I have even seen them fleeing for their lives. I have seen scouts ride exploring your terrain, O oh, Aretines. And I have seen, wait, who is talking? Sorry. I think Dante is talking, right? The pilgrim? Is it? Not the pilgrim. Oh. Or no, sorry. I think the poet is talking, not the pilgrim. Okay. I don't know, though. Your terrain. Oh, Aretines. Oh, I get it. He's, like, addressing them in the poetic speech. I just wanted to make sure. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Exploring your terrain. Oh, Aretines. Um, there's a note. Recalls Dante's presence at their defeat in the Battle of Campalino. Okay. I guess the Aretines or Aretines are somebody. Oh, my God. Okay. I have seen raiding parties and the clash of tournaments, the run of jousts, to the tune of trumpets, to the ring of clanging bells, to the roll of drums, to the flash of flares on ramparts, to the accompaniment of every known device. But I never saw cavalry or infantry or ships that sail by landmarks or by stars signal to set off by such strange bugling. Okay, he clearly is referring to farts. Oh, yeah. Definitely farts. referring to farts. Um, I think this is kind of a random way to talk about farting. Um, yeah, but it's also kind of a way of talking about, like, it's almost like the music of war. Yeah, the music of war and the music of... Uh, of kind of like armies being signaled where to go with with yeah and drums because isn't that how people used to put like signals to armies of what to do well and how to keep rhythm and like how to keep discipline yeah for example when i went to a reenactment of the battle of princeton last year back Hmm. before covid and they have this like troop. Okay, so my parents live in Princeton, New Jersey, and uh, they have this troop. Everyone, just so what? you know, I did not. I did not go to Princeton. Um, lol. But my parents live there, and the uh, there's this troop of like reenactors, and they have all these people who play instruments. Probably because it's like a fun thing to do, and you you're not just like walking around in the cold. It's freezing, and you're wearing all these like 
uh, like time period accurate, apparently like breeches and coats and stuff. And they have a bugler and they have a drummer. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Fun fact about anyway. Sorry, random. Random. <laughs> Running apparently didn't come to Europe until quite late after it had been invented in African musical traditions. I don't actually know if this is true because I learned this is this from Elaine's Cuba book. Notes. Yeah, it's from my Cuba book, but I don't really, I don't know if it's true or not. So I guess that's something we'll have. Well, to it was up. considered, it was considered like immoral, right, to have too much like rhythm. Yeah, it was considered immoral, but they also just didn't have the technology. Although apparently in the northern, like Gaelic lands, there was some tradition of drumming. But again, don't quote me mm-hmm. on this. This is something to ask God when we're in heaven or hell. Okay, okay, we'll ask, we'll ask God or okay. or Malakota, as it, as the case may be. Anyway, okay. So on our way, we went with those ten fiends. What savage company! But in church with saints with rowdy good-for-nothings in the tavern. What? So so basically the devils are those, what are, whatever their names were, like the, the red one, Malakota, and all, the, all of them are, are Bad booty. Them. Can we just bad call booty. Malakota bad booty? I really just wanted... <laughs> okay. Bad booty et al. are marshalling them <laughs> next um, Boljak, right? Um, yeah. Because the bridge okay. has fallen. Yeah, so they were rowdy good for nothings. Um, I don't really get what, what he means here. What savage company? How does the Sinclair translate it? Um, oh shit, I don't have the Sinclair open because I'm a little dilettante. Um, twenty-two. We went to the Tem Demons. Savage company indeed. A uh, fiera compagna. So literally, like fierce or uh, savage company. And then what does it say? But, and then Sinclair puts it in quotes, in church with saints and with guzzlers in the tavern. And then Dante says, Ma nella chiesa coi santi ed in taverna col giotoni. Mozzarella! Okay, well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what that means. Yeah, I'm not really sure what that means. All right. Maybe it means what savage company they were, you know. That but in... These devils were such rowdy people, just like those people in the tavern. Tavern. Oh, oh, like, like, when you're in hell, you're with savage company, just like in church, you're with saints, and in the tavern, you're with rowdy good for nothings. But in hell, you're with these demons. Like, what do you expect? Maybe right. that's. It's kind of like an aside, like. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's. I think that's what it means. Yeah. Okay. My attention now was fixed upon the pitch to see the operations of this bolja. And how the cooking souls got on down there. All right, My, Mr. Yeah, Inspector. Remember how, people, remember how people are boiling in pitch and then the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. push them back down? Right. Let's not forget that. Not, not, not to be forgotten. Much like the dolphins that are said to surface with their backs arched to warn all men at sea to rig their ships for stormy seas ahead. So now and then a sinner's back would surface in order to alleviate his pain, then die tight as quick as lightning strikes. Like squatting frogs along the ditch's edge, with just their muzzles sticking out of water, their legs and all the rest concealed below, these sinners squatted all around their pond. But as soon as Barbaricha would approach, they quickly ducked beneath the boiling pitch. 
I saw, my heart still shudders at the thought, one lingering behind. Is it like one lingering behind the others or one lingering behind? As it's, I don't know, one lingering behind. As it sometimes happens, one frog remains while all the rest dive down. Okay, it's behind. And Grafiakan, standing in front of him, hooked and twirled him by his pitchy hair and hoisted him. He looked just like an otter. By then I knew all the names of all the fiends. I'd listened carefully when they were chosen, each of them stepping forth to match his name. Hey, Rubicante, dig your claws down deep into his back and peel the skin off him, this fiendish chorus egged him on with screams. I said... Master, will you, if you can, find out just the oh, find out the name of that poor wretch who has just fallen into the cruel hands of his adversaries? My guide walked right up to the sinner's side and asked where he was from, and he replied, "I was born and bred in the kingdom of Navarre. My mother gave me to a lord to serve, for she had me by some dishonest pentrieve to run through all he owned and kill himself." Oh man! All right, so this guy is a Whoa. bastard. Why is he okay? Right. Why is he like French? <laughs> from Navarre. Isn't Navarre like on the border with Spain? I guess France and Spain. Isn't it? I thought it was in France. Oh, um, apparently. I think it's. Isn't it in the Pyrenees? So it's it's oh. between them, right? Yeah, but so you know they would. That's not incorrect. That is all the same. I guess it's sort of Basque now. Also, fun fact, Navarre is apparently a district in Miami. Um, okay. Hmm. Uh, uh, then I became a servant in the household of good King Thibault. There I learned my graft, and now I pay my bill by boiling ear. Hmm. My graft or my craft? Graft. But that's, isn't, isn't the word, like, oh, I learned my craft there and there and there. But this guy is a grafter. Yeah. So. Maybe it's Mark Musa being funny. Yeah. Wait, let's see what Sinclair says. Oh, my master, pray learn if thou canst. Oh, my God. He's so formal. Um, oh, wow. Okay. This guy. Oh, my God. Instead of a, a dishonest spendthrift. This guy's mom had borne me to a wastrel who made an end of himself and of his fortune. A wastrel? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, wastrel, sorry. In my mind, I say wastrel. Then I was in the household of the good King Thibault, and there I gave myself to the practice of baratry, for which I pay the reckoning in this heat. I guess it's graft. B A R A T R Y? B A R R A T R Y. Well, barato means in fraud or gross negligence of a ship's master or vexation litigation. I, I don't think that's it. Yeah, fraud or gross negligence. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. I wonder if the root of that word is is similar to the root of the word barato for cheap in Spanish. But anyway, probably. I like how now I pay my bill, kind of. Yeah. Evoke payment in the same way of graft that's same thing here like in the original italian it is some kind of it's some kind of financial metaphor because sinclair translates it as for which i pay the reckoning in this heat right right. um he's much more literal than musa is so like caldo is heat Hmm? who is i don't know 
It says in the note, early commentators have given the name of Chiampolo or Giampolo to this native of Navarre, who, after being placed in the service of a Spanish nobleman, later served in the court of Thibault II. Who's Thibault II? An emperor? A uh, king of Navarre, I assume. Oh, okay. Um, exploiting the court duties with which he was entrusted, he took to Baratry. One commentator suggests that were it not for the tradition which attributes the name of Chiampolo to this man, one might identify him with the Seneschal uh, Geoffrey de Beaumont, who took over the government of Navarre mm. in Thibault's absence. What's a, what's a Seneschal? Oh, interesting. Um, kind of like a knight. It's like somebody who... Um, Seneschal. It's like a... It's like a kind of... Um, it like says somebody who like takes care of something. The steward or major domer of a, domo of a medieval great house, a governor or other administrative or juridical officer, judicial seneschal, officer. seneschal. Sorry, it's like playing in my mind because like seneschal. <laughs> I'm doing it all in different accents. Anyway, um, I wonder why that tradition like basically names this person. Yeah, I don't know. It's unclear. Who is Chiampolo? Uh, it's just this guy's I name. I don't know. I yeah, it doesn't. Apparently, they've just named him that, but I don't know why. You it's know what? Not I somebody that I know of. I could Let's email Roda, who basically is my Virgil, and ask him. Oh, actually, just it just is like oh, it's just the accepted name of a, of this character for no reason. That's so weird. So weird. His name was provided by early commentators. Well, interestingly, I guess some, maybe if you're a commentator who is from Navarre or something, you have an incentive to sort of misattribute some of the people here so that maybe. people don't realize it's like a, a dig. A dig. <laughs> okay, so. Hmm? Let me continue. Oh, okay, okay. Chiriato, another demon, who had two tusks sticking out on both sides of his mouth, just like a boar's, let him feel how just one tusk could rip him open. The mouse had fallen prey to evil cats, but Barbariccia locked him with his arms, shouting, Get back while I've got hold of him! Then toward my guide he turned his face and said, If you want more from him, keep questioning before he's torn to pieces by the others. My guide went on. Then tell me, do you know of some Italian stuck along these sinners beneath the pitch? And he... A second ago, I was with one who lived around these parts. Oh, I wish I were under cover with him now. I wouldn't have these hooks or claws to fear. Libicoccio cried. We've waited long enough. Then with his fork, he hooked the sinner's arm. And, tearing at it, he pulled out a piece. Oh, God. Wait, what happened? Okay, so there's this guy. So Chiampolo is in the boiling pitch. Chiriato. Okay, so the first thing happens is that Ruby Conte peels back some of his skin. That's sort of gross. Then Chiriato sticks him with one of his tusks and rips him open. Then Barbaricha locks him with his arms and then says to Virgil, you better keep asking him questions quick because we're going to tear him to pieces. Yeah. And then, and then does Virgil ask one of the devils about other sinners beneath the pitch? 
Yeah. Do you know of some Italian stuck among these sinners beneath the pitch? So Virgil's uh, like, oh, is there a, hey, I I have in mind of an Italian person, aka Dante wants to, you know, find his his buddies. Well, he wants to, or, he knows, or just people he knows. Right. He has someone not in mind. Not these randos. Not these randos. He he has someone in mind that he wants to, you know, record yeah. as as a grafter. And then the devil, um, Barbaricha, says, oh, a second ago, I was under the pitch with somebody. No, no, who- no. I think it's not the devil. It's it's still um, Ciampolo who's saying, oh. like, I, I wish I, oh, my God, I wish that I was still under the boiling pitch. I mean, imagine right. imagine being in so much pain that you wish you were stuck under the boiling pitch. Um, oh. And then he's like, I'd rather be under the boiling pitch than, you know, being torn to pieces by these devils with their huge claws. Right. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's tempting. And then Libicocho says, we've waited long enough to tear this guy to pieces. And then he pulls out a piece of his arm with his pitchfork. Yeah. Horrible. Wow. God. So Man. much pitchfork action. Lots of pitchfork, pitchfork action. Okay. Draghignazzo, too, was anxious for some fun. He tried the wretch's leg, but their captain quickly spun around and gave them all a dirty look. As soon as they calmed down a bit, my master began again to interrogate the wretch, who still was contemplating his new wound. Oh my god, give this guy a rest. Who was it you were saying that unluckily you left behind you when you came to shore? Gomita, he said, the friar from Galura, receptacle for every kind of fraud. When his lord's enemies were in his hands, the treatment they received delighted them. He took their cash, and as he says, hushed up the case and let them off. None of his acts were, was petty grafting. All were of sovereign order. He spends his time with Don Michele Zanche of Logodoro, talking on and on about Sardinia, their tongues no worse for wear. Oh, okay. why would why would Malacoda have stopped drugging Yatso and all the other devils from pulling this guy apart? Because wasn't it Big Booty, you know, the captain that spins around and stops them from pulling him apart? Why would he do that? He's a devil. You know? Uh, I don't think he does. Well, then who is their who is their captain? Wait, their captain where? Basically, their captain quickly, oh, spin around. Oh, yeah. I think it's Malakota. Yeah, who's- maybe. Who tells them, hey, stop pulling him yeah, apart. Yeah. He wants Virgil to be able to question them. But that doesn't make sense. Right? I don't know. Maybe he just wants to draw it out because, like, otherwise it's, like, too fast. But surely these guys are already dead, so it's not as if they're, you know how, like, they're just, they're just in pain for, I just, this is so horrible, Elaine. Oh, my God. Sorry. Okay, so he's, Libicoco, like, pulls off his arm, and Mm then Bad Booty... And then Dragunyazzo tries to pull off his leg, but then Bad Booty says, hey, cut it out. And then yeah. Virgil begins to interrogate him. Okay, question about this, because in the rest of the poem, usually it's the pilgrim who interrogates people, and usually it's Virgil who says, yeah, okay, fine, you can question them if you're so curious, but yeah. you killed the cat, so don't spend too much time there. But now it's Virgil questioning him. So is this the first time we've seen Virgil actually interrogate a sinner? Yeah, and also it's... I think maybe it has to do with the fact that they're being led around by Virgil's friends or like contacts. So like Vir- like Dante is the one who's Dante seems kind of scared of the devils, whereas Virgil's like, nah, nah, they're fine. They're they're we can trust them. And then mm. then the devils, because it's 
it's not as if they're dealing directly with the sinners. They're having to go through these middlemen of the devils. Right. Which I think is why Dante is like, oh, master, could you find out the name of that guy? It's like, he doesn't want to ask directly because the devils seem to be in charge and they seem kind of scary. That's my reading. Hmm. Okay. I think that is really interesting. I just don't know why Virgil would be so curious to find out who the Italian was that's under the pitch that was like really a total fraud, you know? But I think he's trying to do it on Dante's behalf. But has he ever done that in the poem before? Doesn't Virgil usually say- No, usually he's like, okay, let's hurry up. Let's like keep moving. That, that's, yeah. that's what I'm putting out. So I don't yeah. know, just note, I guess. It is really interesting. Okay, so then, but back to this. So apparently, sort this of out of character, kind of out of character, right? I wonder yeah. if a way in which the narrative breaks down a little bit because Dante, the poet, I don't know what this sets up. Let's just keep it in our in the back okay. of our pockets. Um, yes. Okay, so this guy's is a friar from Galura named Gomita. Who mm-hmm. apparently I'm just Certainly reading the friar. Go ahead. Oh wait! Oh wait! Dante places in purgatory. Can you can you just read the whole? Yeah, 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 yeah. So friar um, Fragomita was a Sardinian friar, chancellor of Nino Visconti, governor of Pisa, whom Dante places in purgatory from 1275 to 1296. Nino Visconti was judge of Galura, one of the four districts into which Sardinia, a Pisan possession during the 13th century, was divided. Profiting by his position and the good faith of Nino Visconti, who refused to listen to complaints raised against him, Fragomita indulged in the sale of public offensive. Oh, oh, I see. The De Visconti is in is in purgatory, but Gomita is in hell. When Nino learned, however, that he had accepted bribes to let prisoners escape, he promptly had him hanged. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wait, mm-hmm. Fragomita so, indulged in the sale of public offices, right? Not offenses. Offices. Sorry, did I yeah. say offenses? So, so Nino Visconti was this judge in Sardinia, and yeah. basically, well, uh, yeah, governor of Pisa. Governor and Fragomita was a friar who was his advisor. It seems like he, yeah, he was like one of his go-to guys. Mm-hmm. Risks, what yeah. But so what Fragomita did was accepted bribes to let prisoners escape from Mm -hmm. prison. But what does it mean profiting by his position in the good faith of Nino Visconti, who refused to listen to complaints raised against him? He was just like, 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 people would be like, hey, you know that Gomita's like corrupt, right? And Visconti would be like, no, no, no. And Gomita like behind his back was like basically allowing people to buy like a position but then what really ticked Nino off is that when he finally learned that Gomita it wasn't just the public offices it was that he was letting prisoners escape then Visconti was like no man you can't do this we're gonna hang you oh Nino Visconti refused to listen to complaints against Fragomita not against himself yeah yeah against Fragomita right okay 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 that's what I take away from this interesting interesting okay yeah. Isn't this also simony? Uh, no, because simony is when you're using your uh, church yeah. position for yeah. profit. And this is just yeah. political, it seems, this even is- though he is a friar, so it's kind of confusing. Right. Okay, this is just political. Okay, great. Yeah. Anyway, um, so he's in the pitch. Great. <laughs> 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 
Okay. Oh my God. This time with Don Michele Zanke of Logodoro, talking on and on about Sardinia. Their tongue's no worse for wear. Oh, but look how that one grins and grinds his teeth. That I demon, you, presumably. Yeah, who's talking right now? This is still... Um, this is still a sinner, right? This is the sinner uh, Ciampolo. Right, this is Ciampolo. Okay. Who's telling them about this other guy who's under the pitch. Talking, who's talking under the pitch with Don Michele Zanke of Logodoro. Uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. That's Ciampolo. funny. They're like gabbing under the pitch. Okay, so this is an interesting example of a hypodiegetic narrator, right? Because... Yes, on well, first... yeah, intradiegetic. Intradiegetic? Well, it's either, you can use either. Like, hypo just means under, like a hypodermic needle. So right. hypodiegetic is like under the diegesis. Right. Because isn't it that the narrator... So Dante, the, the poet, is the narrator of what's happening with Dante the Pilgrim. And then... Mm-hmm down this guy Ciampolo or Ciam yeah Ciampolo is telling us what's happening so isn't that hypodiagetic mm-hmm. mm-hmm. okay but you can also I mean you can also say intradiagetic because it's happening like inside the story right okay 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 great so basically these people are gossiping a lot under the pitch it seems like it which is that a sin of fraud I don't know okay um, I just oh, feel like you shouldn't be, like, talking on and on about Sardinia while you're being tortured. Have we gotten that right? <laughs> also, how can they breathe under the pitch to talk? Yeah, what? What? All right. Um, oh, but look how that one grins and grinds his teeth. I could tell you so much more, but I am afraid he's going to grate my scabby hide for me. Oh, gross. Well. But their master sergeant, Bad Booty, turned to Farfarello, whose wild eyes warned he was about to strike, shouting, get away, you filthy bird of prey. Wait, so again, he's like, don't torture this guy. I don't get uh, it. Bad so Booty weird. is bad booty for a reason. Okay, you don't become Bad yeah, Booty. This is really sketchy. Good booty. Sketchy. If you would like to see Tuscans or Lombards, the frightened shade, Ciampolo, presumably took up where he left off and have a talk with them. I'll bring them here, but the Malabranche must back up a bit or else those shades won't risk a surfacing. I by myself will bring you up a catch of seven without moving from this spot just by whistling. That's our signal to the rest when one peers out and sees the coast is clear. Wait, are these guys boiling? Um, okay. So they're I'm just gonna... kind of like chilling. Well, I think Chiampolo... So didn't Chiampolo just have his arm and leg also pulled off of his body? Yeah. So Why is he like, why is he kind of like, oh, oh, like, uh, if you keep the devils away, I'll go get a bunch more sinners and you can talk to them. But like, yeah. his arm just got pulled off. Isn't he in agony? Yeah. This is weird. This is kind of weird, right? Because twice a devil has tried to kill him. Like, Draginazzo tried to pull off his leg and then um another one farfarello was about to strike him and each time bad booty intervened also bad booty called farfarello a filthy bird of prey yeah like isn't he also a filthy bird of prey yeah (laughs) i don't get it 
Yeah, and now now all of a sudden Chiampolo is so concerned with the logistics of Dante and Virgil's like interview journalism. I mean yeah, yeah, like, oh yeah, I can connect you to a bunch more sources. Like, I'm really useful. Keep me alive. Don't let them yeah, pull oh, off my I, other arm. I mean, I just need a Wi-Fi connection to my laptop. Like, I'll just set up on the pitch and just like get you all of the interviewers, interviewees that you need. Yeah, he's like their show. intel like, connection. Yeah, but he says, but if I'm going to do that, then you need to tell Big Booty to back up a bit because yeah. if he's there, then nobody's going to come to be interviewed by you and Como 4 News. Yeah. Como 4 News is a local TV station in Seattle, by the way. Um, okay. Yes, local journalism. And then he's like, I basically will be the go fish, like, fishing rod and I'll dive down and bring you up a catch of seven. So I'll bring you up to mm-hmm. other sinners, Italian. By whistling, again, it's like this sonic communication. But why would he dive down to bring up seven Italian fraudsters by whistling? Because it'll keep the devils away for like a couple more minutes. Why? Because right? like why? clear, well, he doesn't know why, but he sees that bad booty keeps being like, oh, don't attack the guys that Virgil and Dante are talking to. So this guy is basically trying to take, it's funny, he's like a fraudster and he's trying to take advantage of the fact that like these guys are getting a special privilege Mm. and it's kind of as if he doesn't realize that what he's in hell for was like taking advantage of situations. Yeah, he's basically like, Chompolo, don't be a dumbass. This is definitely going to come bite you. Right. He's trying to stay off, stave off being tortured even more by... Kind of yeah, because he can out. see that like Virgil and Dante are getting special treatment, right, from Big Booty and Al. And also, yeah. isn't he kind of trying to sell out his peers a little bit by having them come up to the top of the boiling pitch? Yes, he's kind of. He's basically like, "I'll go get them. I'll dive down, get seven of them, and then that'll distract Bad Booty probably after you guys stop questioning me. And then by that time, I'll have have, have had time to go away, and they'll be tortured instead of me." Yeah, exactly. Mm. it's kind of clever actually i mean if i was being tortured in boiling pitch for eternity and i saw that there was a way that i could not be tortured for a little while i would definitely take it also i like the english idiom sell out because (laughs) it is kind of a double entendre right and it brings us back to the fiduciary roots of graft yeah and totally so that's cool okay um is it me now? Uh, sure. Okay. Cagnazzo raised his snout at such a story, then shook his head and said, listen to the trick he's cooked up to get off the hook by jumping. And he, full of the tricks his trade had taught him, said, tricky I surely am, especially when it comes to getting friends into worse trouble. Okay, so this- Yeah, so he's definitely trying to trick, trick, well, he's trying to like basically trick the devils, right? into letting yeah. him go to go get more. Exactly. And when, especially when it comes to getting friends into worse trouble. So that's what makes the, you know, he's not just selling out his enemies. He's, he's also he's selling out his friends. The only other people he has to keep him company while he's inhaling pitch for eternity. Mm-hmm. Okay. But Ali Keen could not resist the challenge. And in spite of what the others thought, cried out, if you jump, I won't come galloping for you. I've got my wings to beat you to the pitch. We'll clear this ledge and wait behind that slope. 
Let's see if one of you can outmatch us. Now listen, reader. Okay, I'm listening. Here's a game that's strange. They all turned towards the slope, and first to turn was the fiend who from the start opposed the game. Wait, wait. The Navarrese. Hmm? Before you keep going, where are they? So Kanyatsu and Alikin are two devils, right? Yeah. Right? And then what? Is, what's the challenge that Alikin could not resist? The challenge is like the the guy from Navarre, Champolo, if we want to use that name, is going to jump into the pitch again, but they're trying to catch him before he jumps. So are we not? I thought we were on the banks of the pitch. I think we're on a cliff overlooking the pitch. So how did Chiampolo get from the pitch to the cliff? Because remember like a dolphin scraping the surface, his like back came across above the pitch and then they grabbed him and like flew with him and dropped him and tore off his arm. Oh, I I don't know if it's been clarified that they dropped him like not in the pitch while they were tearing off his arm, but clearly he's like near where Virgil and... Dante are, which is not in the pitch. So I assume it's some kind of... in the pitch, but I guess he's not. No, I think he's, like, armless, like, on the cliff. Right, okay. Or some kind of raised bank. Okay, I've drawn a little diagram, which we can put online for our listeners. Um, Okay, so he's, like, basically, uh, if you jump, I'm just going to get you before you make it back into the pitch what is he mm-hmm. who is he talking to when he says we'll clear this ledge and wait behind that slope oh basically like it'll be a game like you try and then we and the other devils will be the op- opposing team yeah or like he's gonna try to go and then the devils are gonna try to compete to get him before he gets back to the pitch mm. that was my sense okay sorry for all the logistics i just no no that's that that helps me out too and then who, what, who's he logistical. talking to when he says, let's see if one of you can outmatch us? Yeah, let's see if one of you can outmatch us. Like, there's only one of you, but we're a whole group. Ha ha, you're outnumbered. That's how oh, I interpreted oh. it. Right, okay. And only then Dante's one. like, it's so weird. They're playing games with, like, people. Right, right, right. But, but he means only one of you being Champolo himself. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I think, okay. I think. Okay. So now listen, reader, here's a game that's strange. They all turned toward the slope and first to turn was the fiend who from the start opposed the game. Who's that? Mal- Malakota. Bad, bad booty. Bad booty. All right. Do you want to continue? Sure. The Navarrese had a perfect sense of timing. Feet planted on the ground. In a flash, he jumped. The devil's plan was foiled and he was free. The squad, lol, the squad was stung with shame, but most of all, the one who brought this blunder to perfection. He swooped down, howling, now I've got you caught. Wait, which one is that? Is that Bad Booty? I think so. Hmm. Little good it did, for wings could not outstrip the flight of terror. Down the sinner dived, and up the fiend was forced to strain his chest like a falcon, swooping down on a wild duck. The duck dives quickly out of sight. The falcon must fly back up, dejected and defeated. So Champoli out- Champolo outsmarted Bad Booty. Yeah, he made his escape. Hmm. All right. So, interesting, like... The plot thickens. Yeah. Just like the pitch thickens. Okay. <laughs> or does In it the stay meantime. the same consistency for thousands of years? 
Well, now it has another body in it, so putatively. Yeah, true, true. Okay, that's really gross. In the meantime, Calcabrina, furious, also took off, hoping the shade would make it so he could pick a fight with his companion. And when he saw the grafter hit the pitch, he turned his claws to grapple with his brother, and they tangled in midair above the ditch. But the other was a full-fledged hawk as well, and used his claws on him, and both of them went plunging straight into the boiling pond. Okay, so now Big Booty and Calcabrina are both down into the pitch. Presumably, yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. Wait, I'm just working on my diagram. <laughs> so many devils. Yeah. Um, the heat was quick to make them separate, but there seemed no way of getting out of there. Their wings were clogged and could not lift them up. Barbariccia, no less peeved than all his men, sent four fiends flying to the other shore with their equipment. Hm. At top speed, instantly, some here, some there, they took the posts assigned them. They stretched their hooks to reach the pitch-dipped pair, who were by now deep-fried within their crusts. Oh my Ew. god. And there we left them. All messed up that way. Yeah, messed up is right. Yeah, no shit. This is kind of a weird canto. There's so many animals. I know. Um, well, there's so many devils. Yeah, but there's so many, like, there's the dolphin, there's the falcon, the duck, like, there's, mm -hmm. it just seems very rich with, like, animal metaphors. It's kind also, of just the crust. Oh my god, gross. Deep fried in his own crust, I know. Deep fried in his own crust. Right. Wow. It's pretty funny, though. It is kind of funny. Like, it's kind of... I know we're not supposed to feel... I guess we don't feel sorry for Champolo, but at the same time, we're kind of happy... At least I was really found satisfaction in his escape, even though, ironically, his escape is back to a huge lake of boiling pitch right it's right. like it's amazing how Dante has set it up so that we see that as a victory <laughs> I know it's kind of like poetic justice in a weird way I guess yeah it's like you aren't gonna get torn apart but you are just gonna get boiled so good job <laughs> <laughs> now you can be deep fried like the devils also get punished by doing the same thing that they just made the guy do in order to be free i feel like there's something interesting to be said about what freedom means in this situation like that where is it um hmm. i'm trying to find it uh the devil's plan was foiled and he was free i feel like that, that there are so many resonances there with kind of christian doctrine and like defeating the devil and like getting freedom but actually freedom is like eternal basically what uh, an agnostic slash atheist as myself would see as like sort of enslavement to Christian doctrine. Like what is freedom in this situation? It's actually just another form of imprisonment, kind of like the end of the Hunger Games. Oh man. To bring yeah. it down a notch or maybe up a notch. <laughs> you know, what is this? I mean, the thing that I'm struck with, struck by is that the theme of this canto is graft and fraud and baratry, which are bad sins, basically, of defrauding other people and tricking other people. And then this is all encapsulated by Champoco, or what's his name? Champolo. Champolo. Who tries to trick the devils into 
leaving him alone and also tries to trick Virgil and Dante perhaps. Um, and it's sort of like they haven't, he hasn't learned like even in this, even in hell, he's still. Yeah, exactly. But the other thing that I'm weirded out, but it doesn't really, there's not a good foil to that because the devils themselves, themselves also seem quite tricky as characters. Yeah. Like tricksters. Very, very like, why does bad, bad booty keep being like, don't attack him. Is it because he knows that he's going to try to trick them and escape? I don't know. I really want to read the next canto to find out. Yeah. Oh my God. Ooh. Readers. I mean, listeners stick with us. We will be back next week with some quality content. We will. And until then try not to get stuck in a boiling pond of pitch. Yeah. Do your best. I mean, we know it's hard. We know your best. Okay. Bye. Bye.